Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, I'm glad to be back with you on our Victory Church weekly podcast. We're all back in the saddle after the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, and uh, hope you had a had a good uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Um, Susan and I always uh, have lots of family over. I think I counted 20 people at our house, uh, nine of which were children. So we had we had quite a lively time. Uh, never a dull moment. I had some. Uh, one of my daughters uh, was here with her husband, and they just actually left uh, Monday, uh, and we are just you're really thankful for our family, and uh, and and we love uh, to uh, be able to connect with them on the holidays. So uh, let me uh, let me encourage you in this. You know, uh, here we are, holiday time, just finished Thanksgiving, going into Christmas. Be aware of the fact that. There are people who are lonely during the holidays, or there are people who have had life changes. Maybe a spouse has died, or some relative or friend that is close to them has uh, is no longer in their life. There may, maybe they've experienced divorce, or or some life changing or life altering thing, or maybe they just find themselves alone for whatever reason. Uh, be be aware of that, and um, you know, as a pastor, I'm aware of that, and my heart is that that we make really good connections with people, particularly in the church we attend, because there, you know, you can make friends. And we have we have lots of, uh, we just have a diverse church, lots of people that have moved here from various places, other countries and such. And, um, you know, when you move into a new city and, and maybe you're not able to go be with family and you find yourself alone, that that's, that's time that we need to be aware of each other. So I want to encourage you, um, the people that are, are in your uh, group of people you fellowship with at your church or wherever, make sure that they have uh, some good connections. And if you have room in your home, uh, invite them to come and be with you during uh, during some of the times during the holidays. It really means a lot to people. I love to do that. Our problem now is we've got so many family that you know there's just not a lot of room for 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 others. But if I had had time and I had uh, more room, I would certainly do that. Do that because it means so much to people. Um, and, and, you know, it, it would help make their life so uh, uh, so much better. So just be aware of that. Just be aware of others. Um, we, we, are to, uh, we are to practice hospitality, aren't we? So I want to get into my subject today. Um, uh, this past Sunday, I, I started talking about um, ways we can be prepared for the next year. And in doing that, I begin my uh, message, and I want to talk about uh, four principles of growth in the Word of God today. I started that Sunday by saying that, and I think about, really do think about this a lot. Um, uh, Jews, when they are uh, practicing, when they're practicing Sabbath rest, uh, they they like to take time. I read this in 1984 um, in a book entitled "Ordering Your Private World." I'll tell you the author's name in a minute, and uh, but but it was just really insightful and. Um, uh, he mentioned in that book that uh, Jews, particularly modern Jews, he said, um, take time to reflect on their Sabbath day. They think about what they did last week, what they're going to do next week, what they did last month, what they're going to do 
next month, what they did last year, what they're going to do this coming year. Uh, where, am, where am I now? Where am I? Will I be in, in a, a year from now? See, I've been doing that for a long time. I regularly take time to think about what I was doing a year ago and where I am now. Then where, I'll, where will I be in, in the next year this time, Thanksgiving 2024? Um, where will I be five years from now? That would be Thanksgiving, what's that, 2028. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, uh, what, what's life going to be like? What are my motivations? What am I looking to do? Y'all, Jesus is coming back. None of us are get any, getting any younger. And if Jesus does, it delays his coming, we'll go to be with him. And we'll vacate our physical bodies in death and, and enter into eternal life. And, uh, you know, I just want to think about all that. So all of the choices, all of the decisions that we make on a moment-by-moment moment basis mean so much. So, so now my, my idea of this is this is the time to give life all you have, right? You just got one chance to live. Why not give it the best you have? Why, why sit back and, and take second best when you can give God your absolute full attention and give him the best that you have in life. And, and I, um, uh, Sunday I mentioned, and I want to go back over this because there's some things I, I didn't have time to share that I thought would have been good to share. Um, there are really four levels of growth in the Word of God. And, you know, the Word, and I mentioned this Sunday, the Word is like a seed that's planted in our lives. And if, if that seed of the Word of God is allowed to germinate, the seed of the Word contains life. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you are spirit and life. And there's something about the Word of God that will absolutely revolutionize how you live, how you think, how you think about yourself, how you respond to others. And it's the seed of the Word of God. Jesus likened the Word to a seed. He said uh, in, in giving the parable of the sower, he said the sower sows the Word on, on the different uh, uh, soils of the heart, wayside, stony, thorny, good ground that the, that the seed of the word is planted on. And, you know, we determine, our heart determines how much the word germinates and produces fruit in our life. So it's really important for us to keep a good, vital, strong relationship with the Lord, uh, uh, deal with sin in our lives, judge ourselves. I talked about those things on Sunday so that the word can germinate and the word can grow. And, and I mentioned Sunday, you know, if you just get the word into your life, I'll tell you what. Um, the Word of God itself has transformative power. It has the power to alter how you think about yourself, how you think about life, how you think about yourself in the context of others, and, and just how you relate in general. The Word of God, it has gotten into me, and, and, and it's just, I'm not the same person I was 47 years ago, a little over, when I came to Jesus, uh, my friends that knew me as a teenager and in my single-digit years in elementary school, they wouldn't know me today. I'm, I'm a different person. My personality has changed. Did you realize that if you walk with God, it is possible that some elements of your person and personality change, and that means for the better? Uh, that happens with the Word. So, so what I do with the Word, I can allow the Word to germinate, or, or I can have weeds in my life and, and uh, things that, you know, crop up that I don't deal with. Uh, they could be fleshly things. They could be mental things. They could be emotional things. And, 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 and if I will allow myself to deal with 
and allow God to deal with us. Probably a better way to say it, the things that hinder hinder the growth of his word, God's word in, our, in my life. You know what? I'll grow. So, so the deal is we should be growing successively um, month by month, year by year. Question, are you the same today as you were a year ago, Thanksgiving 2022? How about what are you gonna what what do you think you're gonna be like in in 2024 Thanksgiving of 2024? What's what's life gonna be like for you? So you know I, I think about those kinds of things a, a lot because I don't want to stay where I am. A lot of people become stuck in life because they they just refuse to do the things that will that will make change happen. And listen, all of us at times you know, have, have, have challenges and have things come up. And, and, and sometimes we can get stuck where we are because we're disappointed because, um, you know, something that we wanted did not come to pass or, you know, we've had a failure here, a failure there. But you know what? It's important for us to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and just keep moving forward in life. And my heart is I want to move. I want to grow. I, I don't want to get to a place that I that I become stale and and non-effective and and non-changing. Growth means change. Anything growing is changing. So I want to change, don't you? And I want to grow. So so there are four levels of growth in the Word of God. And I want to go over those real quickly again on my podcasts this week, uh, just to give you an idea of, of, again, what that looks like. And just ask yourself again the question, am I growing spiritually? Am I changing spiritually? Am I different now than I was, you know, a, a month ago, a year ago, three years ago, etc.? So four levels of growth. Where are you in these levels? The first level of growth in the Word of God is, is you become a new a, a convert. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. You come to Jesus. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of this spiritual life is fresh in you. Man, when I came to Jesus, it was amazing to me. It's like, it's like life was a puzzle. And you couldn't figure out why things were this way or this way or this way or this way. And then when I came to Jesus, it's literally like the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle that represented my life begin to be put in place and I begin to see why this happened, why that happened, why I acted this way, why I made those choices. And then I begin to see Jesus in the context of life and the Word of God and how the Word of God can transform you from the inside out. And I mentioned Sunday, let me say this. I mentioned Sunday when, when you're a new believer, oh my goodness, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, old things are passed away. All things have become new. That's not on the outside, it's on the inside. That means my interior life has changed. My motivations, my desires, the yearnings of my heart, um, the things that I'm passionate about, deep inside they've changed. Instead of wanting to do wrong, I want to do right. Instead of being selfish, I want to be unselfish. Instead of being uh, angry, I want to be loving. Instead of instead of being self-serving, I want to serve others. See what I'm saying? So it just changes on the inside. And and I'm, I gave the uh, illustration Sunday, and I want to mention this again. Really, you remember when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and and uh, uh, Jews during that time, uh, they didn't embalm like we do today. The body had to be buried fairly rapidly, put into a tomb, and to do that, um, they they wrapped the body in strips of cloth that had various um, various uh, resins that smelled really good, perfumes on them, and such. 
And, and so they wrapped the fingers, the hands, the arms, the torso of the body, left the aperture of the face out and put a little face cloth on the face. And then, and then they wrapped the legs and the, the feet and the toes all individually with this substance so that, you know, as the, as the, as the burial process happens and, you know, the, the body just doesn't smell so bad. If you've ever been around a dead body, they don't I've been around them too, it's bad. So anyway, I said all that to say when Jesus said, uh, and he raised Lazarus from the dead in John 11 and said, Lazarus, come forth. And the disciples had rolled the stone away and said, that boy's stinking. <laughs> Jesus said, just roll the stone away. When he said, Lazarus, come forth, spoke that command, Lazarus' spirit came from heaven, re-entered his body. God supernaturally rejuvenated Lazarus' body that had been dead for four days. The working of miracles happened. Lazarus' physical body came back alive. His brain began to work. His heart began to work. His lungs began to work. His kidneys began to work. His vital organs woke up. His, uh, the tissues of his body were supernaturally be revitalized, and that was by the working of miracles. Then the gifts of healings came into play because whatever Lazarus died of, he had to be healed of that. So the gifts of healings came into play. I'm saying that the gifts of the Spirit were in manifestation when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And then and then the gift of faith had to be in manifestation. It's the gift of faith that enables a person to be raised from the dead. So at least three spiritual gifts were in manifestation when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And don't forget, Jesus operated in the power of the Holy Spirit just like we do. And the works that he does, he said, we will be able to do also. So just be aware of that. But when Lazarus came out of that grave, he was the, you know, he was like a, you know, he, he couldn't move. He couldn't move his arms. He couldn't move his legs. He, he was just walking about with straight peg leg man. I mean, both legs stuck. Both arms stuck and somehow wiggling around. He come out of that grave, and Jesus looked at the disciples and said, Loose him and let him go. Man, can't you see that in your mind's eye? Each, each finger, all the, the resin-soaked cloth being removed from his pinky, from his ring finger, from his index finger, from, from, his, his, uh, uh, from his fingers, his thumb, his hands, his arms, his torso, tearing the hair out, stop, ouch, that hurts, ouch, tearing, pulling the skin. He's alive once again after being dead for four days. And, and you know, he did that with both arms and then his legs, his feet. And then there was Lazarus. So that was a process that took time for the disciples to pull that cloth away from the digits of Lazarus' body and the parts of his body. And see, we're when we come to Jesus, We've got the grave clothes of a dead person on, the old us that has been in charge of us, the old mindset, the old ways of living, the old habits, the old ways of responding, the old ways of speaking, the old ways of thinking. They, they, are, they have encapsulated us in their habits. And you know what? Jesus wants us to be free from the habits that have ensnared us all of our, all of our life until we made him Lord and bowed our knee to him. And you know what? That's a process. So a new convert, that, that's a, that is, that is a, um, a level of spiritual growth. You're coming to Jesus, and, and as it were, those strips of cloth are being removed. Here's what happened to me little bit by little bit. I tell you, 
God began to deal with me about pride. That was strips of cloth that had to come off of my life. Uh, he had to deal with me uh, about self-centeredness, only thinking of myself, not thinking of others. That was strips of cloth that had to be removed from my life. He dealt with me seriously about gossip or, or even allowing myself to listen to someone who was saying something about some, someone not present that should not be said in their absence. He, that was strips of cloth that came off of my life. I was full of malice. Malice is the desire that bad things happen to people that do bad things to you. I was full, and I didn't realize it. And I, as I read the Word, as I got into the Word of God, I tell you, the, the, the old person I was began to unravel, and a new person began to emerge. See, that's the convert stage of, of being a believer. It's so wonderful. It's a great place to be. You may be there today or, you know, I think sometimes those strips of cloth hang on, don't they? And, and we find ourselves years after we've known the Lord still pulling away some of the old person that we were and some of the old habits. And sometimes those old habits want to come back and, and, and try to, try to reemerge in your life. And you know what? You got to keep them away. Uh, I have a life application study Bible and listen to the note from 2 Corinthians 5.17 where it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Not life application study Bible says Christians are brand new people on the inside. Isn't that cool? The Holy Spirit gives them new life and they are not the same anymore. It goes on to say we're not reformed rehabilitated or re-educated, we're recreated. I love that. Um, in fact, uh, one translation says, uh, if any may be in Christ, there is a new self. I like that. That means the old you is, has disappeared. The sin-dominated you is gone on the inside. And it goes on to say, um, we are now recreated, new creations, living in vital union with Christ. At conversion, we do not merely turn over a new leaf. We begin a new life. Not a new leaf, a new life. Isn't that good? Under a new master. While this newness is truly true individually, Paul is saying much more. No, not only are believers chained from within, but a whole new order of creative energy began with Christ. There's a new covenant, a new perspective, a new body, a new church. All of creation's being renewed. So take notice. This is, again, Life Application Study Bible, the note on 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is not a superficial change, it says, that will be quickly superseded by another novelty. This is an entirely new order of all creation under Christ's authority. It requires a new way of looking at all people and all of creation. Does your life reflect this new perspective, they said. So again, we come to Jesus, we're, we're converts that's the first stage of spiritual growth and development. First Peter again, therefore laying aside all malice. First Peter 2, 1. All deceit, hypocrisy, uh, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. See what happens when we get in the word? It causes spiritual growth. If we get into it and let it have its place and put it into practice in life, we will grow. James 1.21 says this New Living Translation, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, has the power to save your souls. Again, um, Isaiah 28.10, I love this, for precept must be upon precept, line upon line, uh, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. 
See, God doesn't change everything about your life all at once when, when we come to Jesus. We become new creatures on the inside, but it takes a while to unwrap those strips of cloth, as it were, that represent the old life. It took a while to, for Lazarus' body to be unwrapped after having been dead four days, and it took, it took a while. So it takes a while, and, you know, it takes weeks and months, and with some things years uh, for the Lord to really remove the... the, um, the uh, parts of the old person that dominated us. You can have mindsets that dominate you, a, a mindset of rejection, a mindset of, be, set of being unloved and uncared for, uh, a mindset of anger and angst in life as, uh, because of what life has ha what's happened to you in life and, and people that have let you down, maybe parents that were not there or maybe situations that were not in your control where people did and said things that harmed you. All of those things, they're done. In Jesus, that hurt person has been made whole. And that person on the inside that has been abused, misused, taken advantage of, has been removed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. You become a new creature. So you know what? God wants us to put on a new mindset. We're to renew our minds with the Word of God. We're to submit our bodies to God and say, God, here's what I did. I say, God, show me how to change a little bit at a time. Show me what you want me to. So here's what the Lord will do when you come to Jesus as a, as a convert, as a person that, that's just come to Jesus. As you read your Bible, as you read the words, go to the New Testament, read the letters to the church, you know, Romans and, and 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, um, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 and 2 Peter, 1, 2, 3. You read those scripture. Those are the letters written to the churches. And, and if you just begin to read those, you know what will happen to you? God will begin to deal with you and speak to you in areas of life that need change. He don't do it. He doesn't do it all at once because it would overwhelm us. But a little bit at a time. That's what He did with me all those years ago. And you know what? He'll do that to you too. And and so you want to you want to be you want to be a convert. You want you want that that life giving Word of God to make an, a real impact in your life. And and you do that by saying, God, you got my heart. Help me. If you just cry out, I, I would cry out to God, say, God, I, I would feel things. I had that uh, proverbial, you know, just an emotional knot in my throat, so to speak. And, you know, I was just ill at ease for most of my life until I made Jesus, Lord. And that emotional knot was there at times. And when after I, I came to Jesus, I said, God, I, what I feel the way I do, I, I would still at times feel ill at ease around people because I had this rejection mindset that people just didn't like me, etc. But as I began to get in the Word of God, God began to deal a little bit at a time with, with like I said, with pride, with anger, with self-centeredness, with gossip, with the desire to get even with one another. And it began to show me how to love people. You know what? He'll, he'll, he'll not do it quickly, but a little bit at a time. The Word of God will, will just eke its way into into the fabric of your life. And, and when that happens and when God shows you, let me say this, when God shows you areas that need to change, you know, you should feel good about that, not bad, because whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. So, so when God shows you something that needs to be changed, doesn't mean he's angry with you. It means he loves you enough to show you who you really have been. 
and show you how you can change. And he'll lead you to the word to do that. The Holy Spirit will help you do that. So, you know, don't take it as a negative thing when God puts his finger on an area of life. And, you know, he will do that for you. And, and the Bible says if you really are a child of God, he'll talk to you about your life and, and he'll discipline you. He does it because he loves us. Go read Hebrews 12. Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And so let that discipline take place. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And it doesn't happen all at once with every single area of life. It would overwhelm us, right? But you know what? A little bit at a time. We're changed from glory to glory. One level of pre the presence of God to another level of the presence of God, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So that's what 2 Corinthians 3 says. So I pray that you, if you're in that convert stage, many that listen to this, perhaps you've passed that convert stage. But do you know what I found out? Even though, you know, in my own thoughts, I've grown past the convert stage after 47 years, there's still areas of that where God still is dealing with me about this area of life, that area of life. And then sometimes as you, as you go through life, things, habits that God has freed you from, they'll try to come back and the enemy will try to plant them back in your life. You got to be willing to say, nope, nope, not now, not for the rest of my life. I've been freed from that in Jesus' name. And what you do is when God starts dealing with you about something, go somewhere by yourself, get on your face and say, God, you're speaking to me about dealing with my anger or dealing with my words or dealing with my self-centeredness or dealing with this fleshly thing, I'm doing, whatever it is. And you know what? If you'll say, God, I ask you, help me overcome that. I tell you, he is an amazing person. He's an amazing being. He, he, will, he will cause the Holy Spirit to help you to work through the challenging areas the, uh, the tough areas of life that you struggle in. And if you ask him and just ask him to help you to get through it, help the word to grow in you and, and grow you out of that thing he's dealing with. You know, you pinch yourself sometimes and say, God, I look back on what I used to be and see what I am now. Thank you for setting me free. You'll have those experiences over and over again. So, so that first stage of, uh, of spiritual growth and development is the convert stage. So next time we'll come back, we'll talk about the next one, which is getting the Word of God inside of you and really pressing it to develop. It's a similar thing, but it's much deeper. So Father, in Jesus' name, let the Word of God, Lord, let it rise up in every single one of us. Let us not just be hearers, but practicers of the Word of God. And Lord, thank you for not leaving us alone. Thank you for not leaving us bound and, and unchanged. Thank you for change, changing us for your glory and using us to bless other people. Minister life to every single person who hears this podcast today in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you, my friend. Can't wait to talk to you next time about this. God bless. Well, thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe or leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.